Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Work Rate Podcast. This is our AEW review. I am with Brad Hardcastle, as always. Brad, how you doing? I am quite excellent. How are you doing, Mike? I am doing well. Um, if you guys were wondering where this podcast was on uh, on Thursday, no, on Friday morning, it uh, we had some computer malfunctions, yeah, technical and... difficulties. Half of our audio disappeared. Yeah. So we are... ate my half of the audio, so I apologize for it being late. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so uh, we are back. um, And we are doing take two of Mm -hmm. this episode. All right, so let's start with the news. Um, We'll start with the unfortunate news of all the releases from WWE. As far as I can tell, we haven't had any more on this Friday. Yeah, um, there was rumors that there was going to be more today, but I haven't seen any more. There very well could be, because a lot of the time the NXT releases don't get announced. <laughs> and yeah, so... They may want to wait till after SmackDown airs too, so people aren't super pissed while they're watching SmackDown. Yeah, so it's possible we could get some more, but I haven't seen anything popping up online. If there's somebody you want to follow online for that, that would be Sean Ross Sapp mm-hmm. on Twitter from Fightful. He He's the guy for uh, for all these contract releases and contract signings as well. Mm-hmm. He get He gets the scoops quite early. Okay, so let's run through these names. There was... Billy Kay and Peyton Royce of the Ico- of the Iconics, which was a huge surprise. Yes, Mickey right. James, Chelsea Green, which is a big one. Tucker from Heavy Machinery, Callisto, Bo Dallas, Wesley Blake of the Forgotten Sons. So he joins his former tag partner in being released and being free agents. Yeah, Mojo that. Raleigh and the big one Samoa Joe. Yeah, so. We'll quickly run through um, where we think each pe- each person's going to go. Um, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, they're going to stay together for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, I personally think they would suit Impact the best. I feel that their, uh, their style of humor and their character jives a little bit more with Impact's WWE style of entertainment. Mm-hmm. For sure. I think they would suit the suit there the best however i don't put it past aw to be able to take these two women and develop them into one of the first tag teams in aw yeah yeah they're they're popular enough and they're they're good enough to where they could really go anywhere they wanted Mm -hmm. because i remember their their ring work when they were in in nxt was quite good Mm mm-hmm and then when they got to the main roster, um, Billy Kay especially really took a backseat and was was barely wrestling at all. Yeah, they they wanted her to focus. It seemed like a lot more on her comedy aspects. So, mm-hmm. so Mickey James, I think she is. She's got to be NWA bound. Oh, for sure. So her husband, however, at. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, she can still work, so mm-hmm. she could go anywhere and be an asset. Yeah. And you never know with NWA's relationship with AEW, maybe she'll work both. Yeah, 
It'd be cool for her to show up on AEW. She could work with like Britt Baker and Sheeta, mm-hmm. and it'd be there's a lot of cool matches she could have there. Mm-hmm. Chelsea Green is another very interesting one. She is the partner of Zack Ryder. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Cardona is his name now. Um, so she was she she used to be with Impact. She would likely go to Impact. However, she was in the original All In. Mm-hmm. In that women's match, um, she was one of, well, almost none of them made it to AEW with the exception of Britt Baker. Yeah. Um, but her one of her best friends is Britt Baker. Mm-hmm. So there's connections with both companies. Yeah, and if she does her, like, hot mess character that she did in Impact, like, she can go far with that character. That was a really cool character. I'm surprised yeah. WWE didn't have her do that when she was there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, she she's she's very good and mm-hmm. from what I've seen her injuries were like bone breaks. Yep. In yeah. uh, in WWE so I was like, okay, well bone breaks can happen to anybody. It's not like she has a chronic knee problem mm-hmm. or something along those lines. So I wouldn't be afraid of signing her if I was if I were a company. Yeah. Then we have Callisto. I know Callisto has he was Samurai Del Sol in the past? Is Pretty that sure. his name? Yeah, I think so. I'm I'd say he's going back to going back to Mexico. Yeah. However, Mexico's not doing so hot with COVID, so maybe MLW, maybe Impact. They have worked with AAA mm-hmm. in the past. He'd be awesome in MLW. Like he'd fit them a whole bunch. That'd be really that, cool to see him there. It, if I were him, that's where I would go. They mm-hmm. get a lot of luchadors over there, yeah. so I think that would be a cool spot for him. Bo Dallas, I don't even know if he's still wrestling. I assume he yeah, is, but yeah, you never blood. know. I never really got to see him work, so I have no idea where he was. Once he got to the main roster, they kind of—it's the story as old as time over there. But uh, they kind of botched him. But when he was in NXT, I liked his character a lot. He was—he was the heel that didn't know he was a heel. Like, uh, <laughs> the crowd would chant, Bo, leave, like, get out of here. But he thought they were chanting, Bo, leave, like, believe in him and stuff. is really <laughs> funny. <laughs> okay, that that is good. That's yeah. funny. Um, yeah, I I never saw him in NXT. I wasn't even watching wrestling at that time. Yeah, he, he wasn't, like, like a five-star match wrestler mm-hmm. guy. But his, his Bo, leave character whenever he was down in NXT was really good. It was funny. Yeah, so next we have Wesley Blake. Um, so he and his partner, I can't remember the name of I don't the name either. of him. I think it used to be Cutler was his name. Yeah, I think so. They were the Forgotten Sons. They were they were highly regarded by other wrestlers, but mm-hmm. obviously the the company didn't see the see that in them. Um, they kept Riker, who was the racist one tough. of the three. Yeah. And the two guys so who could stupid. actually work matches yeah. are are gone now, and Riker's still on the main roster, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I've never even seen the man in a match. I've all I ever seen, even in NXT when they did the Forgotten Sense, he was just like the muscle. He just stood there. He never did anything. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I don't know. Yeah, he was the uh, he was the Jotto. Yeah, he's just like a big <laughs> buff dude. So that probably tells you why he's staying around. And he yeah, it's just it doesn't make sense. He's pretty racist, you, so. That's dumb when that you're when it. you're cutting people for the reason of uh, cutting budget, like you're cutting salary, mm-hmm. like unnecessary 
cutting unnecessary fat off the bone, why would you keep a guy who can't wrestle? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Anyways. Next we have Mojo Raleigh. Um, I've heard he's a great guy. I've never really seen a great match of his. Yeah. I don't want to drag the guy. This is that's rude. He <laughs> just got he just lost his job. Yeah. Um I think he would do well in impact. I yeah. think that's a spot for him. He's very charismatic. Not the greatest wrestler, but he's very charismatic and mm-hmm. he's friends with Gronk. Mm-hmm. So maybe mm-hmm. if he goes wherever he goes, he can bring Gronk in. <laughs> yeah, and I, I was thinking when I was looking at that at Wesley Blake with the Forgotten Sons, they would be perfect in Impact as well. Mm-hmm. The problem is, I think they already have one or two teams that kind of look like them. Yeah, so they they may have to change up their look. Yeah, but they'll they'll find a spot somewhere. They would fit in with uh, Ring of Honor as well. Mm-hmm. And then Samoa Joe, there's only two places for him. It's AEW yeah. or New Japan. Yeah, they're the only two places that got that Samoa Joe money. I saw somebody tweet online saying there's only two two other companies that have Samoa Joe money. So uh, yeah, I selfishly one... want to see him in New Japan just because I've always mm-hmm. wanted to see him in a G1. But he can work both. He's that talented. Well, that's the thing is that guys of this status have gotten the you can work New Japan contract <laughs> from AEW. And I would say go that route because... I don't know what his family situation is these days. He's a little older. He might not want to uproot himself yeah. and move across the globe. He might want to stay in the states. And I'm completely hypothetical, but if I was if I was his age, I I would want to live in the states, work in the states and travel for specific stints. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that'd be perfect for him, especially with him being older now. But yeah, mm-hmm. just just give me one G one run, and uh, like that's a big deal. They let Samoa Joe go because, like I talked about on the now eaten recording for my computer, that even a casual, casual, casual friend of mine that barely watches wrestling only if he's hanging out with me texted me in the middle of us recording saying, "Whoa, WWE, WWE released Samoa Joe." So even like casual, casual people know who he is. So he's a big deal. Yeah, that would be. That would be a seismic shift along the level of John Moxley. Yeah, I would. I would for say for sure, yeah. especially he, with uh, with hardcore audiences mm-hmm. and audiences that are a little bit older. Yeah, like uh, anyone who watched Impact back in the day, anyone who used to watch Ring of Honor, anyone who watched the Indies. Mm-hmm. Like he was professional wrestling for a while. Yes, he would. He essentially was the Kenny Omega before Kenny Omega, if that makes sense. Very much so. Like, I remember everyone's dream match back in the day was Samoa Joe versus Triple H, and this was like 2005, 2006 Triple H. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what Mm -hmm. the match everyone wanted to see. Yeah, he was uh, was the guy that was never going to come to WWE. Mm -hmm. He did get there, and then they never gave him a title run, which was unfortunate. He he had a good run in NXT, like we were just talking about, but then once Mm -hmm. he got to the... The main roster, they never did anything. They should have had him beat Brock Lesnar once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing that is convenient as far as us recording a day later, or, yeah, recording a day later, is today Kenny Omega and Rich Swan had a big press conference for the for their Impact match, which is happening on the 25th, I believe. 25th or 26th, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Whatever that Saturday is. Yeah, they did a 45-minute press conference. Oh, wow. 
I saw you tweet about it, but I didn't watch it yet. It's it's really cool. They had uh, they had everybody out. They had Jerry Lynn, Tony Khan, Don Callis, Kenny, um, that announcer that nobody likes anymore from Impact, Matt Stryker. No, the uh, the one oh, that you replaced, uh, Josh Matthews. Yes, that's the one. Um, they had Rich Swan and Scott Demore. Mm-hmm. So they were all out there. That was it. Was cool to see those guys. Um, and yeah, they had people um, zooming in to give questions. So like industry, uh, like wrestling press asking the questions, and they were giving kayfabe answers, and it was really good. It was forty-five minutes. It was essentially just an extended promo for both these guys to hype up the match. And in the end, Kenny Omega slapped Rich Swan across the face. They got in a little pull apart brawl. It was good. That's awesome. I That's highly really recommend cool. people watch it. It's a, like it's half a wrestling show. Mm-hmm. Right they need there, to have which is uh, funny. Rich Swan show up on, on Dynamite now to help promote it's it. A, it's a huge missed opportunity not to do that. I mm-hmm. think they have to. Yeah. I don't really understand why they haven't had him show up to this point. Mm-hmm. But when you look at Kenny, you don't really, because you have to think that he's not facing Moxley again. No. So you have, he doesn't really have a, an opponent right now. And that's actually one criticism I would say of the Kenny story is what's his direction. Yeah. In terms of who's he, who's he facing? They don't really have that. So if they wanted to, I think now would be a good time, especially if they want to pump the brakes on Hangman a little bit, is to bring Rich Swan in Mm -hmm. and then do the Rich Swan storyline and then bring in whoever the next guy is to face Kenny. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. Oh, here's some more news. Um, Eva Lise was released from... AEW, she was only on a per per appearance basis, so not the full time contract. Um, she had issues, or she's had issues with everywhere she's worked mm-hmm. for various reasons. But it's almost like at this point, it's like where there's smoke, there's fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like she has issues everywhere, whether or not she is has valid criticisms and then blows it up blows it up into uh like without being able to handle it in a productive manner but right away she had she restoked the fires with jack evans that she had in lucha underground she got in that weird shoot fight with uh rosa with rosa on the air where she wasn't (laughs) selling for her and they were like face palming each other and legit pulling each other's hair Mm -hmm. I was like, this is awkward. Yeah. And I don't like, well, it was funny when I was watching the match, I was like, oh, this is real. Yeah. I knew, I knew something was different. I was like, those are stiff shots. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't think like they, they're either, they're either in agreement that they're going to stiff each other or they're in a fight Mm -hmm. and they were in a fight. And since that time, she's just been bad mouthing Thunder Rosa. (laughs) It's funny. She says that, uh, in her response to being released, she says that Thunder Rosa has bad-mouthed her ever since she got an AEW, but I haven't heard a word from Thunder Rosa about Ivelisse. 
Whereas I've constantly heard from Ivalice about Thunderosa. Yeah. I even think Thunderosa took uh took the blame for that bad match they had. I think she said, you know, there's two people in the match and it's as much on me as it is on her and all that stuff. So Well yeah, know. they they obviously have a history with each other mm-hmm. that dates back to Lucha Underground. Mm-hmm. And it seems that like she she came into or Ivelisse came into AEW and right away the conflict she had in Lucha Underground with Jack Evans resurfaced. The conflict she had with Thunder Rosa in Lucha Underground resurfaced. She can't seem to let things go. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she's talented and it just sucks. Very talented. She she's a 14-year get... vet. Yeah. But it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a great place for her, again, would be MLW. Yeah. Um, they tend to take the uh, some people who have a rep of being hard to work with, whether that's true or not, and getting the best out of them. Mm-hmm. So that might be a good place for her, almost out of the public eye a bit as well. Yeah, let her get her head straight. Okay, so let's move on to Dynamite, because this was a fantastic episode yes ratings getter ratings ratings. getter indeed yeah yeah we got 1.2 mil so that that barrier has been crushed Mm -hmm. so i don't want to hear about that anymore yeah so everyone that was saying that oh they won't be able to do it even with an xt8 not being there well they did it first first week out they didn't even take them that long oh my god it's not even like they did like they hit one mil they hit 1.2 yeah which, Which is, doubled, almost doubled, doubled their They said they only got a 75% increase, but that, yeah. that's not the case. That's not mm-hmm. how math works, I don't think. Yeah. Okay, so it's the the episode starts with the Young Bucks uh, vignette, and it's the Young Bucks that are talking about why they attacked John Moxley last week, why they aligned with Kenny, and they say that they chose friendship and that Moxley pushed them over the edge. And they're not the happy-go-lucky friends throwing up hand sick symbols anymore. They, they're family, and they love each other, and they hug. And then they talk about Don Callis, and they say how, yes, he's a dick, but he's a dick who is right. And when you're right, you're right. <laughs> and they say that he was right. they did lose their fire. They had the belts, but they were complacent, and they were kind of fading into the background. And that is... Like, outside of kayfabe, that is kind of true. Yeah. They were, even when they had the belts, they were giving other people shots. They were putting over other people instead of putting over themselves. Mm -hmm. And they kind of faded into the background, and they really did become the vanilla bucks. Yeah. The vanilla young bucks. They uh, They weren't nearly as interesting as they were. And they say, like, like Kenny before them, they are now going to be newer better versions of themselves and they're not going to worry so much about what the fans want (laughs) so very similar story to what kenny has been going through for sure it was a very good promo and last week we talked about or yeah we all talked about how we weren't sure how it was going to go over but this night totally changed got me back on board i'm all in on the heel young bucks yeah, and it was cool. In that promo, they said, um, they said, we're cutting the tassels. 
where you're going to see a change. And we had seen in the the footage or the clips or photos that we had seen from the house show that they came out to the house show wearing like like what are those hats called? Not not page boy hat like a like a newsy like, hat. Yeah, like a newsy hat and wearing like leather jackets, mm-hmm. like red. Le- they're wearing actually they're wearing the red the. Uh, Seth Rollins' red leather jacket yeah. that he wore that one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there there will be there's a visual change to go along with the attitude. Okay, next segment we had an MJF and Mike Tyson exchange. So here we saw MJF talking to Mike Tyson. He's trying to buy him off, and he's telling Tyson that I don't. I never really saw you in your heyday, but I've been told by my dad that you were a pretty big deal. <laughs> and he's like, I know I'm sure you've had some regrets over the years, such as that face tattoo, but I really want to make sure that we don't get off on the wrong foot. And I want to give you, give you this money so we can patch things up and, and just sort of like a uh, grease the wheels a bit here. And, Tyson says, "Nope, I'm not doing that. I'm here. I'm here for Jericho." He takes the money, rips it up, chews it up, spits it at MJF, and MJF runs off, saying, "Oh, you'll regret that." Yeah. And uh, so that's a little. Uh, that was a cool little exchange between one of the best talkers in the company and one of the biggest celebrities in the world. So I kind of like that. Yeah. And if, if there were people that were tuning in to see Mike Tyson, they might be like, Oh, who's this guy? Yeah. It's smart. It's smart. You want to, yeah, it's good to show Mike Tyson early because people probably tune in to see him and, uh, having him with MJF. It's a good rub for MJF to get some screen time with Tyson. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here we go right into the, Half hour Young Bucks versus Pack and Phoenix. Yes, yes, yes. It's Half hour commercial free. Like, oh my goodness! What were your thoughts on this one? Uh, going into it, I thought it was going to be high octane and lots of fun, and it was. I was not expecting uh, the level of heel Bucks we were going to get when they came out looking like um, Elvis, kind of with their. <laughs> new gray leather jackets and they because when they first walked out it looked like an elvis jumpsuit but they have like winged leather jackets like kenny has but theirs had two wings on it right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah they were then, the one winged angel yeah and then they're um uh super expensive uh dior jordan ones that have uh been causing quite the controversy online uh, some people say they're fake we don't know Bucks are legit sneakerheads, so even if they were fake, then they did that on purpose to just throw people off more. Yeah, I thought uh, the the Dior Jordan ones are funny because if they are wearing $15,000 shoes, that's a huge heel move because you're, you're essentially throwing $15,000 out the yeah. window. Yeah, just get them all scuffed up. And... If they're fake... They know they're fake, and that's also a heel move. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to pull one over on everybody. So it's huge heel heat regardless. Mm-hmm. And I love that. It's a win-win no matter what. Yeah, and it, It's very funny, and it's very obnoxious. And speaking of obnoxious, Matt Jackson's headband. Oh my gosh, this, this headband was something it else. Ha- it had like 
bedazzled jewels hanging off of it (laughs) like it was a chandelier he was wearing Mm -hmm. a fucking chandelier on his head yeah basically it was hanging down on his forehead he looked ridiculous he looked like a fortune teller Mm -hmm. he looked like miss cleo out there it was (laughs) amazing yeah every time it showed a close-up of him i just couldn't help but laugh it looked so ridiculous it was so fun he looked he was so punchable in this match Mm -hmm. and the Bucks, they went full heels in this right away. As soon as they get into the ring, the the uh, the crowd is chanting, you sold out, you sold out. And Matt Jackson is doing, is tuning up the band and spinning around, pretending mm-hmm. to tune up the super kick. But he's doing it in a circle to the beat of the yeah. chant of you sold out. Yeah, that was awesome. And the Bucks, they brought back the classic PWG and JPW heel Bucks. Like right down to some of the moves they did, mm-hmm. the uh, they did the the handspring, the double handspring into the back rake, yeah. which they made famous in PWG back yeah. in the day, and we haven't seen that in about three years at this yeah. point since they turned face in New Japan, so that was a big deal to see. They were teasing super kicks and not hitting them just doing lariats instead they um nick jackson was doing the the mirror moves with with ray phoenix where they mirror each other's moves but then when they went to do the the drop kicks matt nick jackson didn't do it and instead he hit uh ray phoenix with with a lariat and just just flipped a mass over tea kettle which was Mm -hmm. awesome and there's another moment where Matt, he's, where Pac's, Pac's been laid out. He's lying in his corner and Matt hops out, runs around to the, to Pac's corner and pretends to tag him in and to do the, uh, to do the hot tag for the faces. So he runs in, he starts firing up. He's doing the HBK fire up. He's doing the ultimate warrior fire up on the ropes He's pretending to get emotional, like he's crying, like he did the week before. And he's hamming it up, and the crowd's going crazy. They're booing him. He turns around, and Pac lariats him right out of his fucking Dior's. Yeah, just knocked his soul out of his body. It was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) It was amazing. And Pac and Phoenix, they were not outdone at all in this match. No. They they... were their... They were their mind-bending selves mm-hmm. throughout this match, as they always are. Um, yeah, I'm convinced Phoenix is from an alternate like video game reality, and he's just escaped into ours, because some of the stuff like that, run up the ropes, and then Hurricanrana on... He's running up the ropes, holding Matt's hand, and then he runs up, and Hurricanrana's Nick off the top rope. Like, that was just nuts. It's like, superhero stuff. Yeah. It's superhero stuff. <laughs> it's, he's really Spider-Man. It's you stuff you... Stuff you only see in the Spider-Man video game, mm-hmm. not even the movies. Or yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cartoons. Yeah. One of my low-key favorite spots of the match, um, Pac, and Fe- Pac and Phoenix, they were they're beating down Jackson with a, with Jackson. They're both named Jackson. With Nick <laughs> Jackson. They were beating him down. They were kicking him and just wearing him out with, the, with tandem kicks. And then they both did these almost sort of like uh, like a low super kick sidekick to the mm-hmm. 
to the outside of his knees, kicking them in on each other. And I screamed. I was like, yeah. oh, no. <laughs> I yeah. ran into the bathroom. I got Advil. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I started yeah. just massaging was... my own knees. It's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, that is. I felt my own knees pop watching that go down. I was like, that oh. is horrifying. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, we're talking about, like, guys were hitting canadian destroyers in this match and i was like yeah whatever yeah but though those kicks to the outside of the knee i was like ah mm-hmm. oh yeah it was so good and as this match is coming to a close near the 30 minute mark mm-hmm. um nick jackson he grab he grabs a pack he gives him a low blow from behind pack goes down phoenix tags himself in Phoenix comes in, he gets super kicked by Nick Jackson so hard it unclips his mask, and then he grabs the mask, pulls it off. Phoenix obviously grabs his face to protect his identity, gets double super kicked for the Bucks for the one, two, three. It's fucking beautiful. Yes. That's a heel move that I will never get tired of. Yeah, it's it's really good heel movie, especially because uh, Excalibur pointed out too. It's like if they were in Mexico, they would have been disqualified. So, but they're not in Mexico, so like the luchadors up here don't expect it still, and it always takes them off their game. It was so good, and since then, Ray Phoenix has on Instagram he did a post of I guess it was a little video of the end of that match, but he said that um he doesn't care about losing his mask. He's not afraid of that. And he wants to do a mask versus hair match with Nick Jackson. I'm like, oh my God, please do it. Yeah. That'd be amazing. That will be fantastic. And how fucking heel would that be? If you make it so that Ray Phoenix has to go maskless. Yeah. That'd be, It'd be insane. It'd be insane. And how funny would it be if Nick had to cut his hair off? I that can't would imagine be- I would love it. I would really love it because also because as somebody who has some thin hair as well, his hair is thinning Mm -hmm. and he gets a lot of jokes for that at his expense, Mm -hmm. especially for a guy with long hair, but for him to shave it off, like the hair to the bucks is really important. Yeah. Like they're, they haven't ever had short hair. I swear to God, they were born with long hair. Yeah. (laughs) When you see their photos of them when they're kids, they have long hair and they've had long hair ever since. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's a, that would be something. But I think it would work, honestly. I think it'd be really cool. Okay. So, yeah, that match, five stars. Five stars. I'm giving it five stars. I'm meeting, I'm, meeting Meltzer on that five star rating for this match. He gave it a five star? I didn't He did give it a five star. Nice. And I agree with him. It was mm-hmm. beautiful. In every sense. Yeah. Yeah. Everything in it was great. Okay, so moving on to Hangman in the back with the Dark Order. And this is just a fun little palate cleanser after that mm-hmm. magnificent match. And he's in the in the lounge in the bar with the Dark Order, and Marvez is back there, and he asks, "Hey man, hey, what do you think of Kenny and the Bucks and how they're heels right now? What do you think of their actions?" And he says, "Oh, uh, 
yeah, John Silver, he'll <laughs> he'll take uh, four to six weeks. His recovery's going well. Um, he really just needs vitamins and prayers and some more egg rolls. You know what? Yeah. I'm going to go get egg rolls. Yeah. And he runs off. Mm-hmm. And then Silver is showing everybody how high he can lift his arm up. He's like, oh, I can, I can get it 90 degrees now. Yeah. And they're all cheering and it's awesome. And then Marvez says, oh, I, uh, I didn't ask you about that. That wasn't my question. Yeah. And it's funny. Hangman, he just doesn't want to talk about his ex. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. are his exes, and he, he's not interested. He's, he's not interested. It brings up too many bad memories. I love this uh, Hangman still on his uh, like self, self-care, self-repair tour. Mm-hmm. So, it's However, awesome. with the very best shirts you'll oh, ever yeah. see yeah, in your yeah, life. Yeah. Got a... It's our weekly Hangman shirt, Hangman Pages shirt segment. It was amazing. Loved it. I need to know where he shops at so I could try to buy some. Patagonia. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so next we had Chris Jericho and Tyson. And this is Chris Jericho in, in the backstage area. He's with the full inner circle. They don't talk. They're all in black. They're all clad looking like badass bikers. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and he's talking about since they've essentially, since they've turned face, they've realized that they have wronged a lot of people. Well, during the first year and a bit, they were with AW, and one of those people that he wronged was Mike Tyson. So he's been calling people up and apologizing, essentially doing the, my name is Earl or Billy <laughs> Madison bit where you call people up and you apologize. Man, I'm glad I called that guy when he called him. I Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi, yeah, and he puts on the lipstick. That's like, I remember when I was a kid and I saw that scene. I was like, well, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> you understand it as you grow older. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so he said, I called Tyson and I apologized to him. We buried the hatchet. And I wanted to do that because I've admired Tyson because he's been, he stayed at the top for 30 years and he's done it being himself and very much like like Jericho. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said that uh, he offered to help. He offered, uh, he offered him his friendship. And Tyson said, if you ever need my help, I'm happy. I'll be there for you. He said, I really, I really appreciate that. And he said, actually, you know what? We could use you this week to help keep a lid on this match to make sure that no shenanigans happen, so you can call it directly down the middle. And then Tyson interjects and he says, "Yeah, one one hundred percent. I'm here to call a. I'm here to keep things legal. If Jericho crosses the line, I'll knock Jericho out, even though we're friends now." Mm-hmm. And Jericho says, "Oh, I believe you, and I'm still. I can still feel that last shot you gave me. What was it like, fifteen years ago? Yeah, at this said point, on a, on a Monday night or something like that." And yeah, this I thought this was awesome. Um, it was a good uh, good table setter for their match. And one thing that I really liked was the inner circle was all in black, and Jericho was wearing the back in black T-shirt, which is their inner circle shirt right now. And Tyson was clad in a white shirt, which was mm-hmm. a really good contrast against them. Which almost it foreshadowed a little bit of doubt as to how his involvement would play out in their mm-hmm. match later, which I liked. 
it uh it raised just sort of like a little mental red flag for me when i was watching it and i didn't believe that he would betray chris jericho but it's like it's just sort of a hint that it could happen yeah planting that little seed in your mind as you're yeah, watching just, just that little doubt mm-hmm. just visually too which is cool mm-hmm. it was a nice uh it was a nice way for him to stand out mm-hmm. okay so moving on this is another great match we have jade versus red velvet Brad, what were your thoughts of this one? Oh, this was great. Uh, I I love Red Velvet. She's great. She's a future star. Not taking anything away from her, but Jade is already a big-time star. She looks the part. She acts the part. She talks the part. She walks the part. Jade's incredible. She's the future of the women's division in AEW. I can't say enough positive things about Jade. Not take anything from Red Velvet because she's right there along with her. These two are going to be main eventing shows uh, I'd say a year, year and a half's time. They're both, it's they're both great. But this was awesome. I loved every second of it. Yeah, I thought this was great. Um, you could tell right away that these two in kayfabe absolutely hate each other. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. They came out swinging right away, and Red Velvet, to me right now, she is the sympathetic fiery baby face of the women's division mm-hmm. she is the jungle boy she is the darby allen of the women's division where she's gonna go out there she's gonna look awesome she's gonna do the topes she's gonna she's gonna do the flashy moves she's gonna get the near falls and then she's gonna lose mm-hmm. and it is awesome i love it and eventually she'll she's gonna get closer and closer to the point where eventually she's gonna go over one of these big stars obviously she is undefeated she's seven and zero coming into this match but it's all against choppers mm-hmm. once she goes in again on dynamite she's going to be losing yeah for sure and i love this mm-hmm. and she came in and right away it starts with just digging body shots in the corner against against jade which is a callback to her dad who's a who is a professional boxer so she has that professional boxing background which I loved. And Jade's response to that is just a massive pump kick to the face right in the mush. Yeah. It just kicked her damn head off. And then I liked after she did the pump kick, cause she had all those body shots. She was trying to do her flexes, but she's holding her sides and she's like trying to show the cameraman. She's like, don't go, don't go. While she's still trying to flex in her sell the rib injury and stuff is awesome. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And following that, they, they spill out onto the floor or Jade spills out onto the floor and red velvet, Hits her with an incredible tope. Mm-hmm. Like there are so many tope suicidas in AEW. Everybody and their grandmother is doing topes. Yeah. That when one of them makes you take notice and pop out of your seat, like it's something special. Like she hit Red Vel or she hit Jade so hard, her legs like went up in the air. She hit her with such velocity. Yeah. <laughs> It was so cool. Um, it really made me took notice. And that right there was when I was just, oh my God, she's Jungle Boy and Darby. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. then immediately right after that, Jay just picks her up and and fall away, slams her into the crowd. That was so awesome. <laughs> just she took out a whole row of people with a fall away slam. Fucking throws her over the top of her head. and then yeah. And then she brings her into the ring the hard way with a big stalling vertical suplex 
with a kip up afterwards, which is awesome. You mm-hmm. don't normally see stalling vertical suplexes from women. So that yeah. was really cool. Oh, Jade's to got see. the Jade's got the power. I hopefully one day she'll do like where she stalls for so long as she starts flexing with her other arm and stuff. That'd be cool. I almost think she might have done that in the She might match. have. Yeah. Maybe not, but Yeah, and then she hit her with a military press. Mm-hmm. Did she? No, that's a different match. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, what she did hit her with, and this was in commercial break, and it caught my attention because I was just like, did I just see this? Because it was in picture in picture and it was small. She hit her with a with a thunderbomb. Blue thunderbomb. Yeah. But one of the ones where you fall forward in the power. And I was like, holy shit, Jay yeah. can do a blue thunderbomb? Yeah. Already? This is only her. This is her. F- second singles match that isn't a squash mm-hmm. um this is only her third match on in aew and i lost my shit sure i got commercial break yeah <laughs> she a big I, like, time I texted you i was like i was like did did jay just break out a blue thunderbomb? yeah yeah it was that nice it's dope super crisp blue thunderbomb too like like it looks like she's been doing it for years i damn near blacked out when i saw mm-hmm. it i was like holy shit yeah <laughs> I don't know why no one ever uses that move as a finish. It's so cool. Yeah, it's a really cool finisher. Or move in general, but it'd be a really cool finisher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's amazing to watch, to see how far along Jade is at this point. It is insane. Then we see her, she did her finisher, which is the Jaded, and it was so much smoother than the first two times we saw this move. The first two times we saw this move, she had a little hitch halfway through where she would stop to stall the move and then continue it. That was gone now. Now it was Mm -hmm. just up, down. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh my God, perfect. She's got it. Dustin has worked with her on this. Yeah, he's been training the hell out of her because she, yeah, you said it's her third match and she's just been killing it already. Looks like a million bucks. Can't take anything away from Red Velvet either because she looked great too. Oh yeah, she looked amazing. This match mm-hmm. wouldn't have been as good if Red Velvet wasn't as great as she as she was. She's a perfect foil for Jade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're perfect for each other. Her being yeah. as short and as slight as she is makes Jade all that more special. Mm-hmm. And it's going to yeah. make her when when uh, Red Velvet eventually goes over her, it's going to make it all that more impressive when it happens. Yeah, and what you've you've told me before is you. I agree with you that this is a feud that you can always come back to. Like this is a forever feud. Yeah. Like Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens. Like they can just, if you need a good match, just, Oh, start up a feud with them again and it'll make sense. And they can just keep doing it. Fight forever. As crowds like to chant nowadays, like I'd like to see these two fight forever. No, they will. And they do. Mm -hmm. And I love it. I love it. I love it. Every second of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like four stars would be is doing a disservice to them. So f- four and four point two five, I think. There you go for that there one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so now we have another fun palate cleanser, and this is Britt Baker versus the ranking system. Yeah. <laughs> and this is so funny. I love that this is a thing they do now. Me too. So, Brit's now doing weekly ranking system breakdowns on Dynamite, and I'm living for it. She she points out that Red Velvet is uh, on 
this past week's ranking, she's sitting number two, and she's seven and zero. Or no, she's she's five and zero, but she just lost a match, so she's now five and one. And if you look at me at number three, I'm seven and one. So technically, in this uh, in this company where wins and losses matter, I should now be number two. <laughs> so I I should be leapfrogging her. And you know what? In honor it can seeing that this company puts so much emphasis on wins, I am going to go back down to elevation and boost up my wins. Mm -hmm. Because what does everybody deserve? A role model as the AW women's champion. And I love this. Yes. Yeah, so it was good. so good. It was a funny she's so good. Uh and I like that she's they're using her to promote uh, Dark and Elevation because she's one of their bigger draws. So her talking about how she's going to go on there is smart. It's a nice little hidden commercial for those shows during uh, entertaining promo. Mm -hmm. And it's also a low-key dig at all the people who have to go on to Elevation and Dark to boost their wins. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because they can't get any wins on Dynamite. So it, I like that. It's like, she's like, oh, well, while I've been feuding with uh, Thunder Rosa in a match that didn't count for any rankings, you guys have been slumming it on on Dark, boosting your wins this mm -hmm. whole time, and I'm at the bottom of the rankings. I yeah. love that. I love That's that another she's thing doing that. Too, so I funny. like that she does this. Every time they bring up the Thunder Rosa and hers no lights out match, she's always like, it didn't count. And stuff. <laughs> it's perfect. It's mm -hmm. perfect. She even posted today on Twitter, like, name a more iconic trio. And it was her uh, rebel in the, the ratings or the rankings, the chart <laughs> that she had. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Okay. So next we have Anthony Agogo's debut. And I love this. Yeah. He comes out flanked by his stablemates. He's got basically the Peaky Blinders intro. By uh, by Nick Cave in the bad seats, he he has Cutie Marshall who's looking like a UK mob boss, yeah. like in his casual in his casual like poker clothes. Like if you mm -hmm. remember in Snatch, the the older guy who had the big like Coke bottle glasses, who fed uh, people to his pigs. Yeah, he Tells looked him the he was dressed of exactly like him. Yeah, and like. And he had, uh, and he had the he had Brad Pitt, who was the bare knuckle boxer, fighter mm -hmm. that he would, uh, that that he would have throw fights for him, and and yeah. or like beat people up when he wanted them to, when he wanted him to. And this is essentially who Anthony Agogo is for yeah. QT. He's his he's his bare knuckle boxer, and it's it's so perfect. Mm -hmm. He just needs to talk about liking dogs. You like dogs? <laughs> you like dogs? <laughs> Yeah. What? Oh, dogs. <laughs> I'm not doing any more British accents. I'm sorry. It's like, it's like, my ma. <laughs> yeah, it's for me, ma. Oh, that's such a great movie. I've got to watch that again. Me too. Now we're talking about it. I'm going to, after we finish recording, I'm going to try to watch it. <laughs> and yeah, so a go go goes out there and he's, he's facing a jobber. And it starts with a lockup. There's a standing switch. Um, and then they separate, and the guy comes in, and he just hits him with one 
quick shot to the gut and the guy goes down like a sack of bricks the mm-hmm. the ref looks down looks in the guy's eyes and he's like oh no old boy's out this is this match is done don't even cover him this is it it's over mm-hmm. just raises a go-go's hand he's like you're done music turns back on like he pretty he could have put on a peaky blinders hat at that point yeah. and walked out like it was mm-hmm. it was amazing it was it was amazing it was essentially watching Brad Pitt in in snatch knock out that guy yeah, in the bare knuckle boxing match yeah Brad with Pitt, one punch yeah it's it's the same just spot. knock out people accidentally all the time yeah so there's funny. a lot of hate online for this and I I don't get it cuz this was it's awesome it's disingenuous it's disingenuous yeah he's an olympic level boxer so of course his punches are going to kill people like it makes sense also, I don't know if is... you've ever had somebody punch you legit in the stomach. It it hurts bad. Like you don't want to do anything. But it's like he's he's also facing a jobber as well. So it's like <laughs> if Kenny Omega went out there and hit a jobber with with the one winged angel, it's done. If he went out there and hit a jobber with the V trigger, it's done. <laughs> like same with anybody else. But also, yeah, he's a trained killer he's a trained fighter mm-hmm. it just yeah it's very very odd that people are having issues with that um it strikes me as disingenuous because it's like have has nobody ever watched a one punch knockout in mma or in boxing i've seen countless one punch mm-hmm. knockouts yeah and me too. many of them are body shots doesn't yeah. really make any sense that finish is awesome and they should protect it, and it's great. Eventually, he's going to get to a guy where he's not going to be able to do that to, or he's going to get to a guy where he's going to hit the shot, and they're going to get up mm-hmm. because they're not a jobber. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, not all finishers finish people. Not everybody can be Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, I don't know. I liked it. I love it. It's yeah, cool. me too. It's cool. He looked made him look like a million bucks. I mean, he already carries himself like that. So, yeah, it's. A, I understand the fear where with some of these moves, it's like, okay, well, why didn't he just do that at the beginning? But I don't know. This match wasn't that long. He kind of did do it at the beginning. He tried to wrestle him, and then he just said, "Whatever, I'm just going to do what I do," and punch this guy in the stomach. Mm-hmm. The thing is, like, well, he won't be able to because guys will be ready for it or they'll train for it. And now they know that he's got one punch power. Yeah, and he's one, one punch, punch, man. One punch power exists. Yeah. Okay, so next we have, oh, this is such a cool segment. This was a vignette from Miro, and this is so good. Yeah. So Kip, Kip better never come back because Kip's going to die the moment he shows back up to AEW. Yeah. Essentially, Miro's out there, and he's like, hey, uh, Kip, where are you? I've been looking for you. I've been trying to find you. You ran away immediately after the Arcade Anarchy match. I haven't heard from you since. I've been trying to reach you. And honestly, it's kind of pissing him off. (laughs) Um, He doesn't like waiting. Um, He's going to move on. He's going to move on to his next thing with or without him. And his next thing is getting an AEW championship. So he says, anybody with gold around their waist, I'm making you my target. And if you're one of those people, you better make like Kip Sabian and disappear. Mm -hmm. And 
oh my god, this is wonderful. Yeah, this is like, the Miro everyone's been wanting, and it's awesome. Yeah, Kip Sabian's gonna die. Yeah, have you ever seen that video? Of the guy on the airplane that gets kicked out, and he wants to. He's like, I want to shake his hand to the guy that got him kicked off the plane. That's what I imagine Kip whenever or Miro whenever he sees <laughs> Kip. I just want to shake his hand. <laughs> It's going to murder him. He's going to murder yeah. him. It's going to be fantastic. I cannot wait. Um, yeah, and I fully expect him to go after the TNT title. Oh, he's going, yeah, he's going for Darby, for sure. Mm-hmm. He's the perfect guy to take the to take the title off of Darby. Um, yeah, Darby will bump all over the place for him, too, and look, make Miro just look like an absolute monster, even more than he already does. But mm-hmm. like, I think eventually, down the line, Miro's getting a... A heavyweight or a world title shot, but the problem is that you don't want him to get there too soon and then lose before he's like established himself as a top guy. He's the he's the perfect big bad for whenever Hangman eventually wins the title for mm-hmm. Hangman to feud mm-hmm. with. Yeah, and the one thing with seeing Miro without a script, he's I don't know that if he's quite good enough to carry the top belt, but mm-hmm. I think he's perfectly capable of carrying the middleweight belt and then being a challenger for the for the world title. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a perfect spot for him. Yeah. I cannot wait. It'll be great. Um, okay, so next we have Dax versus Chris Jericho, accompanied by Sammy and Cash. And Tyson at ringside. Brad, what were your thoughts on this match? Uh, I like this match a lot. It's got that old school feel, just to uh, Jericho, a uh, legit veteran legend, and um, Dax wrestles like one. He's he's a veteran too. I think he's been wrestling for a while, but uh, mm-hmm. it's just two dudes that wrestle the old school style, just beating the crap out of each other. I ha- expected towards the end, like because they announced before that only two members from each or a member from each group could accompany him to ringside. And I was like, Oh, that's not going to last very long. And sure enough, it didn't <laughs> tangled up in my headphone cord. Sorry. And uh, yeah, it was a, it's a lot of fun. I like this match a lot. You still tangled? No, I got out. <laughs> <laughs> Just had to check. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was a, uh, yeah, this match was, this match was excellent. Um, a there was a little fear that it was getting a little overbooked at one point, but mm-hmm. I thought the pacing of it was done in such a way that it was very clear what was happening. And I thought that was, that happened throughout the show with some of the more heavily booked matches. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was really good. It was the first match in what I expect will be a series of matches um, one-on-one maybe two-on-two especially with the uh with the two tag teams mm-hmm. um leading towards their match at blood and guts like you said this was a this is just an old school smash mouth brawl from bell to bell as chris jericho has always said whenever he gets on commentary enough of these fancy moves just punch him in the damn mouth yeah and that's exactly what they did there was eye gouging, chest chopping, lariats, mud hole stomping, everything that FTR loves, and everything that Chris Jericho has essentially evolved into now that he's not a cruiserweight. Yeah. And 
right from the beginning, Chris Jericho goes out, and I really like this spot. He goes and he grabs a chair, and immediately Ty- Tyson runs up and rips the chair out of his hand, puts his finger in his face, admonishes him, and just reminding everybody that Tyson's not in anybody's corner. Mm-hmm. This could go in any which way, and I loved that. Calling um, it right down the middle. Then, I don't know when this was, but I I caught it on second viewing. Um, Chris Jericho did the spot where he grabs the camera and gives the finger to, yeah. the, uh, to the other guy, but the other guy was uh, was Dax, and Dax gave the finger back to him. <laughs> it was a really funny visual. That's hilarious. It's, it's a first-person view of him giving the finger, and Dax is giving it back to him, <laughs> and I popped. I only saw that one on Twitter. so well, I Maybe it was during... Have- uh, pitcher and pitcher was there a pitcher and pitcher during this match probably there there is during most matches mm-hmm. um which speaking of pitcher and pitcher i was wondering if they're still going to do that now that nxt is on a different night and they don't have to like try to keep people you know but oh, i like pitcher and pitcher. But yeah I, uh looks like they look looks like they are mm-hmm. i actually kind of prefer it when there is a bit of a commercial break yeah me too because even with pitcher and pitcher i'll like check twitter or something like just instinctively, once I start hearing commercials, I'll look away. And like exactly, and then I look up and I'm like, "Oh shit, I missed." Oh yeah, something. there's still some wrestling <laughs> going on. But I like picture. I mean, Jr. always hams it up or steak restaurant quality picture and picture. So I think it's something they like to do. Yes, it is for sure. That we have cash interferes in the match at one point, prompting well, prompting Tyson to go after Cash, but he doesn't get to him in time. Sammy just jumps like over top of Tyson mm-hmm. and just destroys cash smashes him right into the wall just beats the hell out of him and then tyson just shrugs and walks away yeah, like, oh, okay. which is funny <laughs> but this this prompts the inner circle to or no this prompts the pinnacle to fully come out of the back which of course out comes the inner circle there's just a brawl um it's it's absolute chaos and in this chaos cash grabs the bat and he goes to try and thwack chris jericho with it but tyson grabs him he pulls him down he tries to hit tyson with the bat tyson dodges counter punch just knocks him completely out yeah cash goes down he's all his his arms are stiff his legs are stiff the sound sounded like a gunshot. Yeah. It, the angle that they shot at was really cool. It looked like the easily the, the most snug punch Tyson's ever thrown on a wrestling show. Mm-hmm. Normally they look kind of weak. This looked really good. Yeah. Um, I don't know how they got the sound. I was looking for the slap. Like I played it back a bunch of times. I could not find where the slap was there. So they hit that really, really well. Yeah. Um, you never know. They this was a recorded telecast. They added they in afterwards. It in <laughs> they might have, but I don't. I doubt it. I'm sure somebody slapped. It was just quick enough to where you could see it. Like this was one of the best cells I've ever seen. It was Cash deserves an Oscar for this. It mm-hmm. was amazing. And after the match, um, Wardlow actually was holding Cash over his shoulder. That's he never got up. Uh, <laughs> Wardlow picked him up and carried him out like a like a damsel like a damsel in distress. That's awesome. I didn't notice that. Like a sack of potatoes. Mm-hmm. It was great. So so off of that distraction, Jericho's able to hit the Judas effect. He gets the one, two, three. And while they're celebrating, Jericho gets on the mic and announces that Mike Tyson 
is an honorary member of the inner circle. Cool. Mm -hmm. Um, down the line, we'll probably see him show up again for a surprise angle. Probably at Blood and Guts. Yeah, he'll probably be back to hype up Blood and Guts. Is that at a pay per view or is that on a? uh, It's gonna be on Dynamite. Dynamite. Okay, yeah. I bet you he gets involved in that match in some way. I can see that too. Definitely see that. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Now we just need um, Pinnacle to get some heat back because it's been two weeks now that they've gotten beat up. Maybe even three weeks. Mm-hmm. So to keep this don't... not from getting too one-sided, they got to have Pinnacle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They've taken two beat downs in two weeks in a row, so mm-hmm. they need to they need to rebound here. Yeah. And I think they will next week. Yeah, I, I can oh. definitely see them. Well, they don't have a match for next week, so they'll have to. They'll have to get. They'll do one of their creative. Yeah, it'll probably be scenes thing. Somebody lagging behind from the rest of the inner circle gets taken out or something. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, so it'll be good. I can't wait for they because they have a while. They have it's in well less than a month actually. Is it? It's May something, right? Like May 6th or something? May 5th or 6th? Yeah, Dang, so that's pretty to... close then. <laughs> so yeah, they're going to have to hurry it up with these matches. Mm-hmm. They're uh, they're going to have to go close to once a week. Which they won't have one next week unless it's announced later. Which They do always happen. announce a match later on. Mm-hmm. which And they have room for it, as we'll find out. But let's get on to this next segment. This is the Elite. Or I have them. I don't even know what their group's called now, but it's the the elite slash bullet club, super elite, whatever you want to call them. They're in the parking lot. They're looking like complete jackasses. The Bucks, Matt Jackson looks like 1995 Shawn Michaels. <laughs> both Jacksons do. Yeah, they, they do. look like they look like uh, alternate fighter costumes mm-hmm. for uh, yeah. for HBK in the 90s. Yeah. Um, they're all wearing dangly earrings. Um, <laughs> Marvez is there trying to get an interview with them. They're yelling at him that you can all you can only ask a question if you have danglies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Gallows has a giant hoop earring, mm-hmm. which is about the the size of his neck. Um, <laughs> Don hops on the mic, or. Don starts talking and he cuts just a terrible promo. He says, it's so cheesy. He says that the young bucks are back into the fold and it was, and it, it's not the end of the story. It's just the beginning. You're like, okay, Don, thank you. Cliche. Yeah. Friggin fortune cookie here. Yeah. Cliche um, wrestling promo one oh one right there. But they play that up well. Cause Carl Anderson yells, Oh, the best promo in the business. Yeah. <laughs> After he says it, I'm like, okay, they know what they're doing. Yeah. And then and then Kenny speaks up and he says that people are constantly asking them why they changed. And they say, We haven't changed. We've we're just we're just sick of doing what the fans want. And the fans have they've always gravitated to us and they loved us because they thought Kenny and the Bucks were relatable. They were just like they're just like us. They play video games. They eat at TGI Fridays. They they like all the things we do. They like the Terminator and all that stuff. But we're not like you. We're better. And <laughs> we're going to be ourselves. And that's how we're going to find success. Mm-hmm. And 
I love that because that is rooted in reality. That is why people gravitated to them. Yeah, I was going to say because Kenny is a big time video gamer, so he can't do that. But it reminds me of um, when he first turned heel and when he first joined the Bullet Club in Japan, he stopped speaking Japanese to mm-hmm. the crowd, even though he could. It's kind of along those lines. Oh, yeah. He, he definitely has a very specific type of heel that he <laughs> plays. Um, and it, it's awesome. Because like the first time I ever saw Kenny Omega, it wasn't a wrestling match. It was that video game tournament that he was involved in with Austin Creed. Hmm. With Xavier okay. Woods. And they were uh, facing each other in Street Fighter. Yeah, That's where I first saw Kenny Omega. Not a wrestling match. So he's he's very right in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's great. It's a it's this is very perfect. Yeah, the, this whole segment. Oh yeah, and then like uh, the Bucks go, they fake a super kick to the cameraman. And they they said, "Oh, we're just joking." Don, you do it, and then Don super kicks <laughs> the cameraman. Surprising, he can get his leg up high enough to even make it look like he did it. I don't even think he did. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but yeah, this this was just pure NWO degeneration X cheese. Yeah. back in the day right down to the little backwards kangle hat mm-hmm. that they're wearing yeah it reminded me of um like a lot of the old old school um bullet club promos and stuff they used to do too like carl anderson talking about his hot asian wife and all that they didn't talk about it this time but like that's what it reminded me of just those old promos they used to do in the bullet club absolutely no it's the thing that's funny is the bullet club was always just like people always said, the Bullet Club was just trying to be um, NWO. NWO. No, it was taking the piss out of both NWO and Degeneration X. Yeah, and they had, people always say that like to try to dig at it, but like they'd admit to it. Like, no, we're just doing what they did. It's a satire. <laughs> yeah, it's satire. They're mm-hmm. they're doing this on purpose, and it's mm-hmm. got to you guys. Yeah. Okay, next we have another little palate cleanser. This is Thunder Rosa. This is a Thunder Rosa vignette. She's talking about how she's taking over the division, and not just the division, she's taking over the world. She doesn't want just the AW championship, but she also wants the NWA championship. So she points to Tay, to Sheeta, to Deeb. She said, whoever of you is holding these belts, I'm coming for you. You're my targets. Mm-hmm. And this was cool because it very much mirrored exactly what Miro said, which yep. I liked. Yeah. So you can sort of see that they, who they're positioning as maybe not the, the right away challengers, but the almost like the challengers that are coming up down the road is Miro and, and Thunder Rosa. And I like that. Yeah. I fully expect Thunder Rosa to probably get the NWA title back soon. Mm-hmm. And then I could see her and Britt, probably fighting with both titles once Britt gets the women's title. It was a cool way to say that for both her and Miro, like, yes, we want the AEW championship, but we're going to, we're going to take that mid cart title right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> it's a, it's very similar. And I, I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. So next we had ah this, this made my heart so full. This was Chris Statlander's first match back in AEW. It was against Amber Nova. Brad, what did you think of this one? Oh, I thought this was a lot of fun. Uh, 
I love Statlander. I'm so glad she's back. She's one of the best characters in AEW. And uh, yeah, I'm just happy she's back. Is awesome. One thing I noticed during this match is I never realized how tall she was until watching this match. It's like, holy crap, she's tall. But, yeah, she's over six yeah, foot. She's, she's like six yeah. three. Yeah, she looked great. This is a lot of fun. I'm happy she's back. I like her yeah, new face I, paint where it's like half an alien face. Yeah, Chris Statlander is... She was one of the my top five favorite wrestlers in the world before she signed with AEW. Mm-hmm. Like when AEW was having a hard time with their women's division. I was shouting from the rafters, they need to sign Chris Statlander. They need to sign Chris Statlander. Because at that time, I was watching her have matches with men on Beyond Wrestling. And she wasn't, she was facing the occasional woman, but she was, she was going toe to toe with like Joey Janela and like Chris Dickinson and all these like heavy, heavy hitters on the indies. And she was essentially one of the top wrestlers on the indies facing all comers. And this is very similar to Layla Hirsch. She went the same route and is also now with AEW. Yeah. Um, Chris Statlander's only 25, too. She's so. real young. Yeah. She's, she's really, really young. She came into this match and looked as good as she ever has. Mm-hmm. Um, she, it was all power. She was using her biggest asset. Right away, the, and this was probably my favorite spot of the match. They get into a lockup, and she pushes Amber Nova back towards the turnbuckle, and Amber Nova starts walking backwards up the turnbuckle. Like up each one to mm-hmm. she she eventually gets to the uh, I guess just the second turnbuckle, but um, the the ref tells Chris to to drop her, so she does. She just lets go. And she yeah, falls just lets face her go. first. That was awesome on the mat, which I thought was awesome. And then she just starts just destroying her. She she gets her in a really clean power slam, which is a move that I love more and more the older i get mm-hmm. i have a large appreciation for a nice clean power slam she gets her in the gorilla press that's the gorilla press i wanted to talk about earlier yeah <laughs> it was chris statlander that did it not jade she does a couple flippy doos she does a running knee in the corner and finally she hits her with the supernova driver chris statler looked phenomenal yeah in this she match. looked great and so happy she's back she's much needed character in the women's division I need a Chris Statlander versus a champion Britt Baker match in my near future. Oh, yeah. That should be her first feud after she wins the title because mm-hmm. I could just imagine their promos too. Like, just Britt being like, what the hell are you? <laughs> and right. you can have Chris Statlander lose to Britt and it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. It would be just fine. Then have her go and have her beat everybody, lose to lose to Baker, have her beat everybody again. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe have her take the 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 mid card title off of Rosa at that point, and then have Rosa go face Brit. It'll be, like there's so much they can do now. Yeah, you can have Statlander lose to Brit because you know Brit's gonna cheat to beat her and stuff. So it all makes sense. There was a point where you couldn't even figure out who in the women's division you wanted to challenge for the titles. Mm-hmm. And you were looking down the roster, and you're like, oh, all these women have faced each other already. I don't know what they're going to do. They're all so green. And mm-hmm. now they're just loaded. Yeah. And this talent. is without even them getting being able to get all the Joshis that they have. 
mm-hmm. at a at a full time basis now with the mm-hmm. pandemic still going. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. We can finally get a redo of that Chris Statlander versus Riho match mm-hmm. because that match was really good, and then the Nightmare Collective came out and ruined it. If you oh, remember God. the Nightmare I Collective, I forgot all about them. It's what a, it's good what to a not time in AEW. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that was i think that might be that was like their their lowest point yeah that was that's that when match. like there's lots of criticism online and it was even hard to if you wanted to defend it like it was it wasn't much defended all that that was weird but it was like the darkest before the dawn sort of situation yeah because then right after that i think was right when aw turned it around mm-hmm. and they just went like straight up towards blood and guts and then the pandemic hit yeah yeah i I was looking up blood and guts it's may 5th so it's like that's like two and a half weeks which is weird this year's going by really fast and then uh yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) maybe they should have another uh inner circle pinnacle match for next week yeah they they should because I mean, I'm sure the feud will go on after Blood Guts, but that Blood Guts definitely seems like a feud ender. But yeah, we still even a, kind of a blow off, right? Yeah, but we they still got to do a one on one between Jericho and MJF. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they better give me Proud and Powerful versus FTR. Oh yeah, well that I want that before the uh, I want that before Blood and Guts, but we might not get it. Yeah, there's not now that time. you're saying now that you're saying two and a half weeks. Yeah, May fifth. Okay, so next we have a Team Taz promo, and this whole this segment and the next segment tie into tie into each other, and it yeah, was really good. Really good. Everyone knows who listens that I'm a huge Team Taz fan, so this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So surprise, surprise, Taz is mad. <laughs> Taz is always mad. He's born mad. He's been mad his whole life. He even says that he's never happy mm-hmm. unless he's on AW Dark. He's he's happy on AW Dark, which is funny. Yeah, he's um, he's hilarious on commentary on Dark. It, it's like so funny. Okay, so in this segment, he's he's sick of waiting for Christian. Um, he tells his boys, "We're gonna go out there. We're we're gonna we're gonna call him out. We're gonna ask him why he hasn't responded to us. I'm sick of waiting." However, Ricky and Cage, you guys gotta stay back here because you guys are too aggro. You guys are gonna start some shit, and mm-hmm. I don't really want to deal with that your loose cannons right now and they're like oh dad (laughs) (laughs) he pulled the i'm gonna turn this car around yeah on him taz turned the car around yeah they don't get to come to disney world yeah you don't get the happy meal from mcdonald's here yeah so they or so the next segment starts and it's christian he's in the center ring this is the first time he's actually got to talk to tony because every Mm -hmm. time that he's or the previous time Kenny came out and took a spot. Um, so he's talking to Tony Khan and he's, and he's in his ring gear and he says that he's in his ring gear because the, or he's talking to Tony Schiavone and he says that Tony Khan gave him the open contract to challenge whoever he wants, whenever he wants. And he's going to exercise that. But before he can get his challenge out, Taz's familiar voice comes on over the speakers. He comes out of the tunnel because Taz is not one to ever let an aging veteran finish a promo. Yeah. Um, he comes out telling Christian to shut up. Um, 
he wants to know why he's blowing off their invitation. Is he in or is he out? Is he going to join the going to join Team Taz? And Christian says, "I'm not here to help you fix Team Taz." And the answer is no. And honestly, I was going to tell you in person, but if you want to do this out in the public, that's your answer. And he says, "You know what? I'm happy that you're standing on that stage because you're a short man, and now I can we can look eye to eye." And Taz gets mad. Sick burn. Taz gets mad. He's like, well, if I was standing on my wallet, like I'd be 10 feet taller than you. And he's like, yeah, with all the, with all the winnings from your bingo halls, Taz. Mm-hmm. And Taz gets all upset again. He says, I have other money, other money. Other money. <laughs> it's really funny. Cause I imagine mm-hmm. that that wasn't written down. He legit is mad. Yeah. Christian brought that up. They probably got backstage. He's like, what the hell, man? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, and then Hobbs puts his hand on his shoulder. He's like, "I got this, Dad." Yeah, and he comes. I like. Down. I like that Hobbs had to like. Nope, I got this. Don't worry. He comes down the ring, and they square up, and they're getting into it. And it looks like maybe Christian will be able to hit him with the hit him with the unprettier slash kill switch, and but he can't. Hook comes down, distracts him. Hobbs gets the upper hand. He just destroys Christian. He's tossing him all over the ring. He drags him to the outside, puts his head on the stairs, stomps on it. Um, Christian's lying on the ground. And then you get like a Christian's eye view looking up Mm -hmm. at Hobbs. And he just looks like a god. Yeah, And it was so cool. Yeah, I love this. All the way over. Yeah, I love this because uh, I love Hobbs. This is such a good, cool thing for Christian to do for Hobbs to just let him beat mm-hmm. the shit out of him. This is awesome, and I can't wait. We're jump. I'm jumping ahead a little here, but they announce a match next week, and I'm excited for that. I I doubt yeah, Hobbs I mean, will win, but it's still still cool that he's in there tangling it up with Christian. That's huge for his career. Because you know the story that they're telling with Christian is that these matches take it out of him. Like he mm-hmm. he's older and this is hard for him. Like he almost died. He he literally almost died facing Frankie Kazarian. Kazarian. What's gonna happen when he faces Willpower Hobbs? Like he's gonna yeah. get he's gonna get destroyed and he's probably gonna win via roll up. Yeah, I, I can see him <laughs> like just getting manhandled pretty much the whole match and then get like a surprise roll up to beat him. It's but, gonna be great. Yeah. It's gonna be really mm-hmm. good. I cannot wait. Then we have Darby Allen versus Matt Hardy in the main event. So this is, yeah. Tell me what you think of this match. Uh, I like this match. When they f- we first figured out it was going to be the main event, I was like, oh, this is either going to be really wild or Matt Hardy's winning the title. And I like this a lot. It, it kind of got a little crazy in the middle of the match. Lots of interference and stuff, but it made sense. Lots of storyline advancement. But I really like the beginning and how just slow and methodical and vicious Matt Hardy was with the chair on Darby. I thought that was really cool because you don't really see Matt Hardy. Like, he's been a heel before and stuff, but he he looked like a different type of heel at the beginning of this match, like just like a cold-blooded killer on Darby. Yeah, no, it was, it was, awesome. it was really good. I, yeah, I really liked the placement of this match on the card because it <laughs> really put doubt in my mind as to what the result would be. Yeah, I was like, like, like oh yeah. shit, they're putting this match at the end. Is Hardy gonna win? 
Yes. And then I'm thinking, you know what? Hardy might be the perfect transitional champion. Like he doesn't have to hold the belt very long and then he and then another young guy can win it without having to go over Darby. Mhm. But that's not what happened. But it really did make all the near falls. I bit on all the near falls. Like I legit thought Darby could have lost on like yeah. two or three different occasions in this match. It was it was really cool. Um it was it was a falls count anywhere match. So right away I'm like, oh god, Matt Hardy, please don't die. Yeah. But Hardy cuts right to the chase. He st- the bell rings, he's got a he's got a chair in his hand. He starts mm-hmm. the match with a chair in his hand. He starts swinging at Darby. Darby goes to hit him with a like a second rope coffin drop, and he just meets him uh, halfway through the air with the chair, busts his back yeah, wide back open. Gnarly. I was like, oh, gross. He busts mm-hmm. his back open the hard way, and then he's just wearing him out with his chair for like a solid five or six minutes. Um to the point where it's like, oh god, like Matt Hardy's gonna win. And he get he wraps the chair around his head. He's gonna hit him with the with the twist of fate. Darby breaks free. He hits him with the chair, and then <laughs> he, he hit this one move, and that's all it took for the for Hardy's boys to come running out. Yeah. Uh, as soon Darby, as he lost the advantage, they were out. Darby turns around and and Butcher just throws a trash can right between the eyes mm-hmm. and they're just laying out Darby and then out comes the dark order led by sting and they're all fighting and stings in the ring fighting private party. And then out comes, uh, page and Scorpio sky, but they're cut off by Archer. Who's mm-hmm. got one eye on them, one eye on sting. And, but he chases them away. They don't get involved. He hops in the ring. He looks at Sting. He looks like he's about to attack Sting. But then he turns his attention to who Sting's fighting. He takes those guys out. Then... He's like, look at me, Sting. Look what I can do. That's what it seemed like to me. <laughs> oh, for sure. And now camera swings back to Darby versus um, Darby versus Hardy. Um, Sting throws the bat to Darby. It gets low... He gets hit with a low blow. It falls out of his hand. Darby dra- or Hardy drags him into the through the tunnel, puts him on a table, dives off of a ladder, and I was like, "Oh God!" Yeah, that Matt. made me so nervous. Don't climb, Matt. Please don't climb anything. <laughs> like, don't climb ladders. He hits him with the with the big leg drop. It was like, "Oh, that's how you had surgery." Yeah. Okay, let's keep doing those. But it was cool. He hit it, and he got a near fall out of that. Then he drags. Darby out to the to the stage area. Darby grabs Darby hits Hardy with a low blow now, grabs the bat, just starts wailing on Hardy with the bat, like destroys the monitors on the announce table, puts Hardy on the announce table. All the announcers are standing behind it. They're all yelling. Hardy or Darby climbs up on the like the lighting rig that they yeah, have there. From behind their wall. Yeah, so, sit. and looking like Jeff Hardy jumps off that mm-hmm. lighting rig over the wall through the table like a good distance. He had to yeah. clear a few things right through the heart of of Matt Hardy for the one, two, three. Really cool match. 
Yeah, I, it was. I, it was a lot of fun. A huge success because there were a ton of moving parts in this match that could have absolutely threw off the pacing. It could have thrown off the who your attention was directed towards, but it was very clear what they were doing. They were just planting a bunch of different story seeds all over this match. And Mm -hmm. I loved it. It was like watching, it was like watching somebody connect like red threads on a board. Like this guy's going to fight this guy, but because he looked at this guy, they're also in a feud now. Yeah. And this and that. And conspiracy theory board. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. And kudos to Darby for the, the precision he did on that coffin drop at the end because that was like the thinnest margin of error and he'd be seriously hurt. It was like a 20-foot drop, too. Yeah. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah, there one cool little storyline that I hope they do is um, when Ethan and, and, um, and Sky came out, they're sort of now in the orbit of Darby Allen. And if you look back to the history of Darby Allen and Ethan Page, they had an incredible feud in Evolve Wrestling where they had a, I think it was like a three or four match series of matches where they just, essentially where Ethan Page just tortured Darby Allen. And mm-hmm. Darby Allen kept coming back from the dead and then he would torture him again. And mm-hmm. like he essentially killed Darby. I think he hit him with a, like legit hit him with a shovel at one point and broke his arm. Jeez. That's um, nuts. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> just crazy um and i think uh darby beat him at one point to get a contract in evolve mm-hmm. so like they have a long storied history and they have to run that back at some point and they I could this, i think this is sort of put maybe once darby loses the title he could face ethan page mm-hmm. is what is what i'm thinking that's what Very i cool. or have him like hot potato the title back and forth we really haven't seen AEW do that yet with any titles everyone usually gets a pretty lengthy run so maybe mm-hmm. it'd be cool like i think they could do that with the mid card mm-hmm. at least a little bit you don't want it to be too predictable where as soon as the guy has it you're like okay so he's gonna have it for two or three months yeah that's what i mean just like like three months where they they wrestle each other in a, like four or five matches and oh every once in a while it changes hands between page and and allen that'd be cool yeah, it would be nice. It, it would be very cool. So, yes, this episode, I thought this was just... This was this, one of their top episodes. It it totally warranted all the, the praise it's getting online and the high viewership. This was excellent. I hope they can... Excuse me. I hope they can keep it up. They absolutely put their best foot forward, and they did it without having any of their guys from the top of the card. Yeah, Kenny was just in a Kenny promo. With, like Go no ahead. Moxley, no Kingston, yeah, no, no Rhodes, no Cody, yeah, no, like the whole Nightmare family wasn't there. Mm-hmm. They're still licking their wounds. Like really cool, really really yeah. cool to see that. And even Hangman was barely there. Yes, yeah, he just had the promo. Did he come out in the big brawl at the end? I don't think order? so. No, hmm. I don't think so. No. Okay, so what do we have for next week? Next week's card is very good. It starts off, we have Trent versus Penta L0M, and they're accompanied by Orange Cassidy and Alex Abrahantis. So they will actually have Alex at ringside Mm -hmm. for this match, which will be cool. 
Yeah, and I was saying on the one that the episode we got lost in the ether that uh, since it's the Death Triangle versus the best friends, but now they've in Orange Cassidy and they brought in Chris Statlander that Alex and uh, Chris can uh, fight each other <laughs> in a in a four on four feud with the Death Triangle and Alex and best friends and Chris Statlander. Nope. Yeah, this will be good. <laughs> yeah, this will be good. This will be fun. I love yeah. Alex. He's so. I just love how much he is enjoying being an evil translator. <laughs> I know, which is so funny because mm-hmm. his role until until now has been like the happiest person mm-hmm. in he does the Spanish commentary like, right yeah he does Spanish commentary and he does like a uh, pre-show and some post-show stuff and he's mm-hmm. just like like um like what's the like early morning tv that they do with like hosts and whatnot, like Good like Morning the Today Show, he's, Good Morning yeah, America. He's, he's like Good Morning America type glee yeah. and happiness, and seeing him in this like evil alternate dimension where he's mm-hmm. the spokesperson for, uh, for a, for a, essentially a demon is <laughs> yeah. amazing. Yeah, a, a Mortal Kombat character. Okay, then we have Powerhouse Hobbs versus Christian Cage. That's going to steal the show. I can't yeah. wait for that. It's going to be so awesome. Oh, man, I'm so excited for Hobbs. It's and such a cool moment for him. Speaking of stealing the show, after that one, we have Ricky Starks versus Sangman Page. Out of nowhere, they just put essentially a pay-per-view match we didn't know we wanted. Yeah, this is like the future of AEW in a match. Like This, this could be for the world title, like a year's time or something. This is nuts. Yeah. This, this one's crazy. And I have to think that, um, and Taz is going to be at ringside. I have to think that cage might be getting involved in this match. I can see that. I can see him definitely inadvertently in quotations, costing Ricky Starks the match. Cause otherwise I don't know why this match is happening as amazing as it is on paper. Mm-hmm. Like it's like you don't put this on cold unless yeah something's on your little happening there graphic here it has like Ricky Starks ten straight wins he's nine and one in last overall and Hangman seven straight single wins and eleven match win streak so maybe they're gonna tie rankings into it as well. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's cool and it shows that Ricky Starks should be a little higher up on the rankings mm-hmm. if I guess, Hangman is number one. Yeah, I guess Hobbs is number five. On the rankings, I saw Hobbs is he, five now. Hobbs yeah, is he five. tweeted that out that like I'm number five, bitch or something like that. I don't know what he said, but <laughs> which is funny because he hasn't had that many matches. I guess he's been beating people in dark. Mm-hmm. Well, it said he's five and zero. Oh, so fair enough. Yeah, so it's probably dark wins because we haven't seen him with mm-hmm. uh, singles wins on Dynamite for a while. Then we have Hikaru Shida versus Tay Conti. We're getting that next week for the AEW Women's Championship. That's going to be great. That's going to be a good match. This is, yeah, this would be awesome. Let's go, I imagine it's going to be pretty strong style. These yes. two ladies are just going to hit the shit out of each other, and it's going to be awesome. Because uh, Tay on Twitter said that her favorite wrestlers are uh, Shibata, Omega, and Ishii. And it's just like, you just get better and better every time. Every time you do something, I, I just like you more and more. Yeah, it's essentially Shibata versus Nakamura right here. Yeah, pretty much. Like This is going to be awesome. I can't wait. This is going to be a stiff, stiff match. Mm-hmm. And what I love about Shida is sometimes Shida will get in a match and she won't necessarily have faced her opponent before. 
But if the opponent goes out there and gives her a stiff shot, her face lights up. Mm-hmm. She goes like, oh, okay. Yes. Like you see the excitement. She's like, oh, like, I'm back in Japan. Let's do it. Yeah, she faced uh, some enhancement talent. She, they had a tag match together on mm-hmm. uh, on Elevation, and they faced an enhancement talent. And the in, the enhancement talent gave her a stiff forearm to like the neck, mm-hmm. and Sheeta like she just got this giant grin on her face, and her eyes lit up. She's like, "Oh, here we go." Yeah, <laughs> she's like, "Okay, one of my people," mm-hmm. and she awesome. and just destroyed this person. Um. Yeah, this is cool. This match is going to be all um, neutral. I wonder if it'll respect, main event, and I like that. I wonder if it'll main event. Maybe Christian Ooh. versus Hobbs. Well, I could see the well, women's title main eventing. Here's the thing: um, Darby sent out a tweet today when the rankings got announced, which mm-hmm. is where Hobbs is number five, and he said, uh, "He said, Tony Khan, look at your top five. Give me one of these guys in the main event next week. Oh, okay. And like we said, they could do uh, Inner Circle, uh, Pinnacle. What is Jericho always called? Pineapple? We could do <laughs> the pineapple. Yeah. Where's Pineapple yeah. Pete? He needs to come back, speaking of pineapples. But yeah, they could set up like a six-man tag or something with those teams too. That could be the main event. Yeah, I was looking at the top five. Cody's on there, so it's not going to be Cody challenging for the title. It's not going to be Hangman challenging Darby. It's not going to be Powerhouse Hobbs. There's one other guy on that list, and that's Jungle Boy. Oh, so man. we could be getting Jungle Boy versus Darby in the main That'll event next week. Be, that match will be nuts. Like I don't even. Know. I don't think we've <laughs> ever seen that yet. I don't think so, and I don't even know how to describe how nuts that match would be. That would just be Tope Suicida the match. Yeah. That's another <laughs> match that's uh for the could be for the world title in a couple of years. Oh my god, yeah. A thousand percent. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, so this is very exciting. Um I think we should leave it there. Uh we will we'll see you guys next week and uh yeah. See you guys. See you then. Sorry this is late. <laughs>